Captain America Civil War. Are you Team Iron Man or are you Team Captain America? Find out on today's show. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Pop Confidential Podcast. This is a special podcast all about Captain America Civil War. My name is Luke Kerr. Joining me today, we have Pop Confidential regular Melody Akels. Welcome. Hey, hey. Craig Peters, who joined us for our 100th episode to talk about Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and the atrocity that it was, is back. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Though I think we, you and I had more of a dour opinion of it than Jamie did. Indeed. <laughs> and someone from like way back in the movie junkie days before, well, after Daytime Confidential, but before Pop Confidential, we've got Corey here. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. It's been a long time, Luke. Yes, it has. Uh, we had a little bit of a mini reunion back in November when I was going through driving through Lincoln. Craig, Corey, and Susan and I all got together, and that was nice to Susan. see them once again. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. So, but tonight we're talking about Captain America's Civil War. Before we kick things off, I have to go around and just ask, were you Team Ca Iron Man or Team Captain America? Because... I've been ganged up on. I'm Captain, or I'm Team Iron Man. Mel, what about yourself? Oh, I don't know. I kind of play both sides of the fence here because I can see it. So you're the Black Widow? Yeah, pretty much. I'm the Black Widow here. Like, I can see it from, you know, both perspectives of why they were so gung-ho on, you know, on their views of things because, you know, family is kind of what you make it or you can do, you know, bloodline family. It's kind of a, it's a very gray area. I see both sides of it. I don't know. Okay. Craig, are you going to be able to give me a definitive answer? Oh, are you Team Iron Man or no Team Captain doubt. America? And from the, I think I know. And from the very first, even even the even uh even she, even even the Black Widow was really Team Captain America from the very first. All the way, Captain America. Totally and completely a hundred percent. And you knew, you knew that eventually Black Widow was going to be on his side. Corey, please tell me that I'm not alone <laughs> in this. But I have a feeling I'm going to be. You know, I, I have to go Team Cap on this one, man. I'm sorry. Oh. I, <laughs> you know, the reason for it, though, is I totally... I, I watched The Winter Soldier like a week before going to this one. And I was very excited to see how they continued that storyline. Because... I just didn't like the way he was kind of forced to do these terrible things. And so to see Captain America just, you know, be just a loyal friend through and through, like that was, that carried through this movie really well. So from the get go, it was kind of like, I just wanted him to be there for his friend through this whole thing, you know? Well, I will have to take my amazing armor suit and go play somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know what's, what's happening here. Just go play with um, yourself someplace. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So just for those, who, okay, I will give a warning. This is going to be filled with spoilers. So if you are yeah. looking for a podcast that is spoiler free or dances around them, no, we don't do that when we have these special episodes. We just dive into them. So if you haven't watched it, 
listen at your own peril. So kicking off the premise of Civil War, we have the Avengers who have had saved the world countless times, but they've also caused a lot of collateral damage. The movie opens up with a um, them trying to stop um, some villains, and in the process, they end up doing a lot of damage. And the United Nations and um, other government or agencies say, we need to have more control over the Avengers. And some of the team, Iron Man and his friends, were... Okay, we see this. Black Widow sided with Tony Stark. And then on the other side was Captain America, who was like, I don't think this is right, because what if they? What if something happens that they don't want us to get involved into, and it's the right thing to do? So Captain America and his team was on the other side. And then, with the, the, Mel, I'm actually faltering here, because I'm thinking about how great you would be at summarizing this. You see? This. I they, knew you were going to try and rope me into this. I'm not, I'm not going to make you do it because I know you don't always enjoy it, so I won't make you do it. But basically what happens is they get to the, the United uh, Nations signing and an explosion goes off and it kills one um, one of the people who was most instrumental in bringing the signing together. And, and footage is shown where it's the Winter Soldier, who of course is Bucky, Captain America's friend. And this basically sets off the events. Does anybody Mel, what see you... a mirror here between between BV, BVS and Captain America? Some of the same things going on, and yet and yet this did it so much better. Exactly, <laughs> there are reasons for that, for sure. Uh, so, Mel, what are your first overall impre- uh, impressions of the movie before we dive into the details? I felt that the movie did a really great job of building on itself. You know, it starts off kind of, for me, it was a little bit like, okay, we're back. Oh, doing this. Good battle scenes. Build up, build up, build up. The explosion happens. More build up, build up, build up. There's an all-out civil war. You got Team Captain America on this side, Iron Man on this side, and our superheroes are going at it. I was like, oh, my God, this scene is dope. Like, this is awesome. I was geeking out over it and you know as the story goes on you learn more there's a big spoiler at the end which i know we're going to talk about later so i won't get there but it all makes sense it all culminates to captain america versus iron man i felt like the movie did a great job of just playing the beats and giving us the really huge battle at the end of what you wanted to see and it was methodical yeah. it was just block on block it was almost like playing with legos even though i won't admit to having done that anytime in the recent years <laughs> um there might be some legos yeah, i was your roommate my... for a while i can attest to you i, I to know say, look be at legoland with the little kids <laughs> listen oh, you want to talk about legoland there is one here in phoenix okay. that i discovered the I... only time i've ever been to legoland was in minneapolis at the uh mall of america i'm definitely going to this All one 14 Can't, times I have right to... <laughs> yeah, have to admit it. I will be going to this Legoland at some point. Uh, Craig, what did you think? Oh, of just overall, I'm I am absolutely stunned with how great they made this a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. They did. They had great moments of humor, great moments of just pure action, and great moments of serious drama and and depression and despair. I mean, this thing just went up and down, and uh, and so they just played with my emotions like like a fine violinist. It was just, in that sense, it was just awesome. We, great things are happening. All of a sudden it's funny. And then you think things are going to be, you know, they think they're going to get back together and then they split back apart and they're both trying so hard to be friends and not to hurt each other. And of course people get hurt. I'm telling you, I just, 
I love that feeling of, of never exactly knowing what was going to happen and, and being able to laugh and cry and, and, and just get involved in the action all in one movie. Just, they just did this brilliantly. Now, Corey, I know that you've actually watched it twice already yes. before we recorded this. So what are your overall thoughts? Did it change? Did you, did anything change between the first and second viewing? Um, I was so excited the first time just about, I needed to get the Spider-Man thing out of the way. You know me, Luke, when it comes to, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, we're going to talk about, we're going to really have to jump into Spider-Man after this I know. and basically kick things off there because that was an interesting topic. <laughs> well, I, the first time was more just excitement because I've been wanting to see it for so long and I enjoyed it of course. But the second time I really watched to see how they pace the story out. And one of the things that I really appreciated and Craig kind of touched on it some was just that there was so much emotional roller coaster going on here. Cause I, you know, sometimes in these movies you think, why don't they just talk this out? But they did that and they tried to do it a couple times throughout the thing as things kind of started to escalate. Like I really appreciated when, um, Tony Stark brought out the pens and him and Cap yep. had that conversation and they were, you know, cause he, he almost signed it right there, but it was just enough of just not feeling right about it that he didn't do it. And it was, you saw that kind of like disappointment and anger in Tony's face. Cause he was just like, man, you know, he doesn't want to go against him, but he also knows that, you know, in his gut that this is the right thing to do. So seeing that torturous thing back and forth was awesome. And it just made, when they actually started fighting for real, it just made it hurt that much more to see him going at it. Well, and you touched on something that we talked about in the uh, cap, uh, the Batman versus Superman movie, where it was like the entire premise of Batman versus Superman could have just been avoided if Batman and Superman had actually talked. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, and we're in they were this in movie. walking yeah. distance of each other. They were in walking distance. That <laughs> one city was, you could have walked from one city to the other to meet each other. Tell me that's not going to happen at some point. Now, Mel, did I uh, catch that you were jumping in? Oh, well, I agree with a lot of it. Um, especially with Batman versus Superman. A lot of it was we could have avoided this whole damn thing if y'all had just picked up the phone and been like, hey, can we talk about this? And then I feel like a lot of, to me watching Batman versus Superman, because I wasn't on that one, uh, Batman was almost unrecognizable for, like, the first hour and 40 minutes. I was like, who is this? Because this is not Batman. But, you know, that's another podcast for another time. So. And I really wanted you on that <laughs> podcast, but it just didn't work you know, out. Yeah. But just... Not for lack of trying, I will say. Well, and, you know, I don't, this is, this is about Captain America, so I don't want to go into this too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, tangents. But, you know, I mean, we have two of very similar storylines coming out at the exact same time, you know, on the dividing line of, of two huge comic franchises, comic book franchises. So it's like, it's kind of crazy because the reason why that failed, even though you wanted it to be so good, is because you don't have years with these characters. And it's like, what's, what's really interesting about civil war is that it's kind of been building to this. You've seen the tension throughout the movies and throughout the years, kind of between captain America and iron man, you know, there's been a little bit of arrogance here and there and, and them kind of butting heads at different things. And it just really came to a head here, you know, because of the loyalty issues and, and just being on that dividing line. But man, it just like, you you know they wanted to do that when Batman and Superman fought to just kind of tear your heart out, but it just didn't happen because you just you were introduced to these people just like in the last couple of years, and Batman especially that version was just in that one movie. So 
to watch these guys who you've been watching for years fight on the same side to just like brutally beat the living snot out of each other. That hurt. <laughs> it really hurt to watch that. Well, let's um, bring this back to the Captain America story. When they get to the United Nations to do the signing, uh, Tony Stark is there. Black Widow is there. They're they're getting ready to have it done. And there is a terrorist attack and it kills um, the king who is responsible for bringing this all together. His son is there. And this is where we are first basically introduced, not in this specific scene, but as a result of this scene, to the Black Panther in the DC, or in the Marvel universe, or movie universe. And his introduction, I thought, was done really well. In both the case of Black Panther and Spider-Man, I felt like the introduction of these new characters to the Marvel universe that is controlled by Disney was much better than the last Avenger movie where we were introduced to the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. I and Vision, I didn't have really much emotion or connection to either of those, but I found that I did with both of these characters. So Mel, what did you think of the introduction of Black Panther? Oh, I thought it was great. The way they just had him, you know, in the middle of a battle, come in and do the thing, you know, and if you're a comic book fan and things like that, you're like, oh, it's Black Panther. It's about to go off. But I feel like they did it the right way because how is the panther going to enter a battle like are they just going to creep in is it going to happen no they're going to jump into the thing so i thought it was well done the way they did craig what were your thoughts i i love the fact that in 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 each in each case it was telegraphed we knew it was going to happen it wasn't like that incredible like oh shocking that all of a sudden somebody's there we didn't expect and when they were introduced they were introduced into into the action scenes and so uh, I just, you know, I, I, I love the character of Black Panther. I thought they got a really good actor to play him. I thought he, Chadwick Boseman was excellent. Oh, he was just wonderful. I mean, he is. I mean, he was awesome as the Black Panther. And it could have been, obviously, it could have been silly if they'd done it some other way. There have been some recent examples of silly introduction of characters. Uh, I, I even didn't even mind. I didn't even mind Tom Holland as Spider-Man, though. I'm, I'm reserving judgment a little bit on him. But uh, but uh uh, my brother actually loved him, so that's kind of a, a, a good, a good solid plus. Spider Man or Black Panther? Spider Man. Okay, he, well we'll get to him in a he moment. He certainly liked Black Panther, but yeah, the introduction of Black Panther was just was just terrific, and he was a serious character. He he really had some some uh, revenge issues, and I felt very comfortable with the way they brought him in, the way they used him, and the way they finished up with him. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the Black Panther. Corey, what are your thoughts? I thought it was smart the way they didn't try to do. Uh, I mean, they just kind of slipped him in there. I was sitting there. I wasn't. I didn't really know the actor very well before this, and so I, I didn't even know what he really looked like. And so, um, going into this, when they were doing the scene at the UN with the signing and everything, and he showed up, I thought, I wonder if that's him, you know. And I thought it was so smart. It's just a little moment there with with his father, and. You know, you kind of get their connection and how proud of him he is and all that. And so when he actually died and seeing the pain and, you know, then him, him saying with Scarlet Witch that he was going to go after um, the Winter Soldier, you, just that little bit was enough to make you totally understand where he was coming from and care about it. You know, you could totally understand why he would want to go after this guy and kill him. And, and so you, you felt that motivation on his end. And it's, it's surprising that they can make you care about a character that fast with just a little scene like that. And so I thought that was really well done. And man, when he showed up to fight, that was fantastic. 
he was introduced. We have even more tension rising between Iron Man and Captain America. People are choosing their sides. And then footage shows the Winter Soldier as having been responsible for blowing this up. And now all of a sudden, Captain America goes and fi- goes in search of Bucky. He finds him. Bucky says, I didn't do it or I don't remember doing it. And Captain believes him and says and starts looking into it. And so now we have the, the Avengers, the legal ones, hunting Captain America and the Winter Soldier. How did you th- how did you uh, like how that evolved, Mel? Um, you know, I feel like a lot of it was very organic because I like uh, Corey was just saying, you know, you understand everyone's reasoning behind things. You know, of course, Cap is going to go with his friend because Bucky was there for him when nobody was. Bucky was there for him from the getting from jump when nobody knew who Captain America was like, that's his dog. You know what I mean? So you get why they're so loyal to each other and Falcon's loyal to Captain America. And you know, these things, it makes sense. So for them to have different, you know, opinions on things, which I feel like is really organic as well, because you're not always going to agree with people that you've sided with. So to see them, you know, completely split on something and everyone kind of stick to their guns and then all culminate in this huge battle at the airstrip, which was fantastic. And we have to get into Yes, it was. We have to get yeah. into. Oh, we will oh totally do God. that. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it built up really well. And I, you know, I could see everyone's reasoning behind things. When when Captain found uh, Bucky, the their escape, shall we say, like through the stairwells, reminded me very much of this, the second season of Daredevil's fight in the stairwell. Yeah. And I was like, this is a little bit of deja vu, but both of them were really good. I, I enjoyed it. So Captain and Bucky are basically on the run. Iron Man's hunting them down. And both of them are realizing that they're going to have to face off. And to do that, they need to bring in other people. So that brings us to Spider-Man. Who... Craig knows this. I think Corey knows this. I don't know about Mel. But I am not a big fan of Spider-Man at (laughs) all. Well, this version or Spider-Man in general? I don't like the only in in general, the only Spider-Man, the only Spider-Man that I've really enjoyed is like in in the cartoons. But I haven't like in the comics when I've watched them, I haven't or read them. Pardon me. I haven't been a big uh, Spider-Man fan when I've I was not a big fan of the Tobey Maguire movies. They, there were some of them that were okay, but they just weren't that for me. But this Spider-Man, the way he was introduced, the fact, like his humor and his look, outlook at life, shall we say, for the first time I saw a Spider-Man, I sort of understood why other people were attracted or like this character. Now, Craig, I know you are a huge uh, Spider-Man fan. Yes, yes. What did you think? I owned, and I'm going to say this, even though it seems... Uh redundant but i've owned every spider-man comic book from from amazing fantasy 15 to about 135 so yes i am and that's because i was i'm that old uh but i i i love spider-man always love spider-man uh he is he is but he is a little bit more of a dark character than this tom holland kind of played it and i was distracted by the fact that marissa tomei is his again (laughs) 
But but the, the thing that I appreciated about that is the fact that they actually just dealt with that head on with Tony Stark saying, aren't you a little bit young to be an yes, aunt? to be an aunt, yes. They dealt with it. Everything was dealt with. But he seemed a little bit he was never Peter Parker in the early days of, of Spider-Man was never quite that lighthearted uh, or loose. He was pretty much a, a mess because he was bullied. He was picked on. He was, he was brilliant. So obviously he was destroying the curve in school, though they did handle a little of that. They did show him being brilliant. And uh, Tony comes in. This is a spoiler. So please tune out if you don't want to hear this. No, that we I gave him the warning, uh, so just keep going. As Tony comes in offering him a grant, which I thought was terrific. I thought that was a great idea. It it kind of does away with the with the taking pictures for uh, for J. Jonah Jameson. It does away with that, but that's, I'll <laughs> I'll deal with that. That's a big. It change. gives him it gives him a good suit though. J.K. Simmons Simmons was a wonderful J. Jonah Jameson. Like the he's like the book. He's a, like the original the original one in the in the Spider-Man comic and he he just played it beautifully but it does give him the suit it does give him access to access to major resources and I loved I love Tony Stark coming in to actually chat with him those of you who are truly geeks like me know that uh, for a while Spider-Man was visiting the different superhero groups like the Avengers Fantastic Four and X-Men to try and get a job I don't know if any of you out there know that but that is a, that is <laughs> a true. fact uh and so uh, so this eliminates some of that. But, uh, you know, Tom Holland seems young. He seems inexperienced. They play him. I mean, apparently he's like 17. He's still in high school. So I like I like that because we get to see him grow up a little bit. Hopefully we, we don't have to deal with the origin story again, which we've dealt with uh, before. So that's a good thing. That's one of the downsides, I think, of Bat- would be Batman versus Superman. The origin story is over. Uncle Ben is already gone. So... Um, I kind of like that idea. So we'll see. I'm reserving, once again, I'm reserving judgment. I think the kid could be good. He needs a little bit more maturity and gravitas, as they say. But uh, uh, I, I like the way they, they introduced him. So I, again, I'm, I'm okay. Corey? Well, okay, so he went he went through the history of it. I, I feel like I need to go through the cinematic history of it. <laughs> um. So I felt like the only thing they really got right with Tobey Maguire was, in those Spider-Man movies, was the fighting style. I don't feel like he because when he was in the suit, he never talked, and when he was when he was Peter Parker, he was too emotional. I felt like, and the Forget ignoring the fact he's too old. <laughs> well, that too, he aged way too fast because they had to take him out of high school like right away, mm-hmm. um, and then. I feel really terrible about this, but I'm drawing a blank on the name of the second actor. What was his name? Oh, he's with Emma Watson. Garfield. Oh, good. Andrew something, right? Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield, right. So they got they they went with the ultimate Spider-Man storyline for him, where he was a little more angsty teenager when he was Peter, Peter Parker. And then um, for Spider-Man, I loved the fighting stuff in that one. Um, and the way he was always mouthing off, because that just reminds me of the comics that I read with him always mouthing off to the villains while he fought them. So I feel like this one, they're finally starting to get it right. Because he seemed... We didn't see enough of him as Peter Parker in this movie to really pass a lot of judgment. But he... The the really, really young, kind of in-over-his-head type uh, situation that he's in kind of felt right. I felt like when he was, you know, at home and Tony was asking him about what he was 
doing this for and he kind of was like well i just you know he kind of felt like almost unsure of it like well i have these powers so i can't just sit it out when bad things are happening and you know so you could tell that he was still in that mode where he was trying to sort out why he was fighting but it was so funny because he's totally a kid and he's like oh there's money involved yeah i'm in right so so that was kind of neat to see that and then of course when he was when he was in the suit and watching him talk and then when falcon was making the comment about you know there's usually not this much talking when people are fighting that cracked me up because <laughs> yeah. that, that's totally him you know it's just he's just always mouthing off something so it was really cool to see them just go back to just Spider-Man as the comic book character in this and to see him interact, man, how long has it been since I don't think we've got to see him interact with any other characters before this, mm-hmm. right? Like there hasn't been no. any other. He's always been on his own universe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's because, been... cause what was it? Sony owned the rights to him yes. and they had an agreement that basically brought control of him back over to Disney, which I am very much thankful for. Yeah. And I, yes. and I just have to say, I love the, the little back and forth between him and cap that one part where he was asked oh yeah from like just the little smirk on on captain america's face when he he said he was from brooklyn and ran off it's like here they are you know beating the snot out of each other (laughs) you're from queens i'm from brooklyn yes that was awesome (laughs) well and the other thing that i thought was interesting was his reaction when he was knocked out or and tony like basically was there it was very much the reaction of a teenager who's been hurt in his days right and it wasn't it definitely brought a an element to it which we were not accustomed to seeing since a lot of times these are adults who are professional whatevers mel what did you think of spider-man stay down or i'm gonna call aunt may okay okay i'm good i'm i'm down <laughs> um i i kind of agree more with um craig on this one um Watching this version of Spider-Man, I grew up with the Spider-Man cartoons on Saturday mornings. So I was like, okay, this is not your Saturday morning, Peter Parker. He's a little bit younger. He's a little bit more immature. He's, you know, he's your regular run-of-the-mill teenager in this one. So I was like, okay, okay. Once you kind of get past all of those things, you, you got to have you know, more of an open mind. And Marissa Tomei being Aunt May was another one. I was like, girl, you about 20 years too young to be Aunt May. But okay, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Let's just move on. Let's move on. But, you know, he added a good humor humor to the fight scene. You know, it was just like, oh, there's this kid, this teenage kid's going. He's got these great powers, but he's still a kid. Like, I love, he's talking to the Winter Soldier. He was like, dude, you have a metal arm? It's so cool. I was like, this is totally a teenager fighting a battle right now because this is realistic. Like, I, I like that part of it. I feel like if, if you can move past, you know, him not being a quote-unquote traditional Peter Parker I'm open I'm open to accepting him because honestly I didn't really like the second incarnation of Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield I don't like any of that I'm I like the first one. I, I I refused to watch the second one because that just looks stupid. You know, I didn't mind Tobey Maguire's oh. version so much, but the second incarnation, the Amazing Spider-Man, ugh, they could have kept that whole thing. Keep it. Well, there's there's one thing that the the, the original Tobey Maguire movie had that some of these don't seem to have, mm-hmm. and that's what was added into Civil War is the yoo hoo moment or the woo moment. I mean. How how much fun would it be to be able to swing through the city on webbing and exactly. just fly through the air? Tobey Maguire did that great in the first movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever really catch that with Andrew Garfield. That oh my god, I'm a I'm now a superhero just flying through the air and having a 
blast doing it. True. Mm-hmm. Well, that the reason why Toby Maguire's was um, having a blast doing it was because when he was on the ground, he needed a cane. He was so old. Um, oh, come on. Really? <laughs> and really? by the way, it's what it's what destroyed this new Fantastic Four movie. There was not a single woo moment. Oh, you in mean that the Fantastic thing. Flop? That's what yeah, the Fantastic mean. Flop. Yes, exactly. Terrible. Well, before we get to the fight scene, which we've alluded to so far, there's a couple other beats that I want to um, talk about leading up to it. First of all, what did you guys think of Vision and the Scarlet Witch's um, dynamic where he's basically keeping her at the Avenger base for her own protection? And when Hawkeye shows up to take her uh, to be with uh, to meet up with Captain, she basically puts him through the ground, literally. Mel, what'd you think? Yo, she sent that dude to China. Like, that's yep. how far she sent him down into the ground. And I was kind of waiting for that from her because she tends to be, you know, she could totally go off. And I was waiting for her to do that, but she tends not to do it because she knows she can. So I was like, okay, when you going to do it? When you going to do it? I know you have a lot of patience, but I'm running out of patience here and I really need you to go and help our people. So when, you know, Hawkeye shows up and he's just trying to be good and she's kind of, you know, indifferent to it. And he was like, look, we got to go. This is what it is. And she was like, sorry for your vision, but I got to do this to you. She did her Scarlet Witch thing and sent this dude to China. And it was awesome. I'm not the biggest fan of vision, so I was all about it. Craig, what did you think? Okay, I am not a Jerry, Jeremy Renner fan at all. Mm-hmm. But these last two uh, last two movies he's been in with the with these guys, Ultron and, and this movie, I think he's just, he's totally become a human being to me. I loved his relationship with Scarlet Witch. I loved, I loved his entire performance. Jeremy Star. Renner. Yeah, that's Hawk. Hawk oh, Hawkeye. sorry, sorry, sorry. Hawkeye. I was thinking. Okay, got it. Hawkeye. Got it. And go, it, go ahead. I thought his go, relationship go with, I mean, Scarlet Witch came alive in this movie. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. And she's way better than way better than the Avenger movie. Oh yeah, and she's she is her power, but she's finally accepted that she has this immense power, mm-hmm. and it's not so unusual in her early life this is really unusual now she's amount around superpowered people all the time so she's basically started embracing it which is which is awesome but because she's around all this other people yeah if you're around super if you're around really smart people it's easier to be really smart if you're around really super people it's easy to be really really super if you're around really athletic people it's much easier to to show off because you're not you're one of the group and now she is really become one of the group. And when, when she and Hawkeye are working together, uh, it just, it just adds, adds something, something awesome. I mean, she's ready. She was ready to go out on her own there for a while until vision stopped her. And of course, <laughs> you know, we know, we know what happened there. Um, and she, she does, she put him through the ground and deservedly. So love Paul Bettany as an actor, not a big vision fan. So, um, I've been a fan of his since Knight's Tale. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He was fantastic. I mean, that was my first introduction to him, and he was brilliant in that. Um, but I, what I found with Vision is I'm beginning to empathize more with him, and we're going to get to some of his other scenes with uh, the, the Scarlet Witch later, but I just I, I like to see, I like how his evolution is progressing. Uh, Corey, what did you think of Wanda and Vision? Well... I thought it was kind of interesting when he um, when he stopped her from leaving. I didn't see that coming at all. Like I, I kind of realized all of a sudden that he had been put there to kind of be a police officer. And at first, you don't really pick up on that. I mean, did you guys notice that? I suspected it, but it was one of those things where it's like, well, they're still the Avengers. 
I, I, sort of. Not I, not entirely though. I would have called him more of a guardian. He he yeah. really didn't yeah. Have to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say too. Is that he he didn't seem to be too. Um, he wasn't like objecting to the idea of staying there and keeping watch over her because you could tell that he cared about her. But I just I felt kind of a chill when when she wanted to leave and he just kind of put his arm out well, around. Let me her. ask you a question: Did you did any did any of the three of you see feel some sexual tension there? Weird. Sexual <laughs> <tension>. Yeah, <laughs> I got yeah. this weird Which, sense of sexual well, tension. I don't know. I don't really. And look I at and it. I will just preface this by saying that um, I am not. Uh, when it comes to Avengers, like I did not, I've read some Avenger comics and I've read more Iron Man stuff, but I, I'm not familiar with um, a lot of Scarlet Witch stuff. But I was talking with one of our listeners Boy, and they Witch basically. Came from the X Men originally. Exactly. Not... That's where I know Scarlet Witch from. And he said, he said that Scarlet and Witch in the future in the comics actually have children. So I'm taking him at his word. I haven't um, read that myself because I haven't read those. So, but I was like, okay, if that's that makes all of a sudden a lot more sense for what Craig you're pointing out because they there was tension between them. And then at the end, when it's when he's asked like, you're, when Tony asks him, you're feeling emotions, and I, you're not supposed to be able to do that. And it's like, I didn't think so either. I was like, okay, yeah. maybe they are going that way. Um, Corey, sorry, did you get to finish up? Yeah, no, I. I don't know those two characters very well. So it was kind of, you know, and I'm kind of like you, Luke, I've just heard bits and pieces about what their future is. So um, it was kind of interesting to see them play with that as the movie progressed. Cause I, I felt the same thing Craig did kind of like, you can tell they're trying to push those two together, but it was just so subtle, you know, and then just seeing him be so protective and then for her to choose to leave with Hawkeye, you know, that had to have hurt to a certain extent. So, <laughs> That's got to be for his character. You're gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do with him going forward, as far as like the kind of the emotional fallout from some of this stuff, and see how they handle him. The other thing that I wanted to talk about before we get to the fight was the passing of Peggy Carter. Um, that was dealt with within the movies. Captain America was at the funeral. There was a speech that was delivered by Sharon, who had been in the earlier Captain America movies as the person who was watching. Um, from the next door apartment, keeping an eye on him. And we found out that, in fact, she is Peggy's niece. What did you guys think of how that was revealed, Mel? I thought that was a really great nod to Captain America's history. You know what I mean? To see that he's going to Peggy's funeral. And, you know, she was a big part of the other movies. And it's revealed that, you know, the person that was kind of looking after him ended up being her niece. So, it's, it shows that, you know, Peggy and old Cap, Steve, you know, they really had something real kind of going on there. I I like that, you know, you know, but, you know, me being a soap fan and a sucker for mantis, of course, I'm going to love it. So I, it was good. And, you know, and it didn't last too long and it didn't feel like it was super out of place for the movie. I liked it. Well, any of our Daytime Confidential listeners know that I tend not to be a big fan of hero characters who let's always do right um which is probably why i'm on team iron man as opposed to team captain america but uh, when i was talking um with my friend he also pointed out that the speech that sharon gave was the speech that captain was supposed to have given or gave in the actual original comics now craig i know you own some of those comics do you remember that speech at all hey, what say again so basically the speech at peggy's funeral right 
that Sharon gave was one that Captain was supposed to that was was the one that Captain gave in the comics. Wow, that's why I recognize it. Yes, I recognize okay. that speech. Now I didn't. I said, "Well, it was, it's so a Mark. It's a Mark. It's a Mark Twain quote, but in the in the comic, yeah. Captain gave the speech instead of Sharon. So they twisted it a little, but it was a nice touch for the surprise. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I recognize it. I just I just didn't realize it. It had also it had been in the. I knew it was a Mark Twain quote, but I also knew I thought, "Wow, that sounds so familiar from the comics." But uh, yeah, that was that whole that whole. By the way, I, I'm tickled to death that you have a friend. You mentioned you had a friend. I think that's good, Luke. <laughs> Listen, I don't count you as one. I don't count you as one. I do count Corey and Mel as ones. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I thought I thought that whole dynamic. I, you know, I'm gonna go see it again with my my grandchildren. That's how old I am, guys. That's why I can own all those comic original comics. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to go see it again with my grandchildren. I want to pick up more on that. But I thought that was a great dynamic. Honest to God, I thought he need, he needs somebody in his life, and that one just that one just hit me as being perfect. So, what do you think? Tell me if you felt this too. The second that she died, I thought now all he has is Bucky from his past. And I, yeah, I felt true. I felt like I mean, of course, you know, that was a big thing for him losing her and stuff, but I thought I felt like they almost had that happen in this movie specifically because it was going to really not want to let him go. You know, like it was really gonna keep driving him towards protecting Bucky. And so that's what I got from that scene was like, because they could have killed her off in this movie or any other movie, you know, at any time really in the last few, but, but to have it in this one, I thought now really he's just got his friend, you know, she's gone. And so I felt like that's what they were trying to drive forward for the emotional part of that. But I thought it was really well handled. You know, sometimes stuff like that can really just like drag a movie down or slow things down, you know, or just feel like if, if it's not handled right, it can almost just be like, why in the world did they put that in there? But I thought it was really well done. I, I haven't watched the Agent Carter series. Have you? any of you guys watched that? No. I watched a little bit of the first season. I, To be honest, here's here's my thing. Growing up, I was more of a DC kid. Yeah. Uh, watching GLA and Batman and Superman, those cartoons. So when it comes to Marvel um, characters, I watched the X-Men cartoons as a kid, and I watched some of the Spider-Man ones um, later. As, in my, um, <laughs> but... For me, a lot of my exposure to the um, the Marvel universe has come since 1998, and so when you go back and listen to those things, or like read comics or watch things, I don't have the net, I don't have the experience with them, so I don't feel the connection to Agent Carter or to Shield or that are with the television shows. I've actually had a really difficult time with the ABC shows. I haven't had a problem with Jessica Jones basically because I know nothing about it going in. And I haven't had a problem with Daredevil because I was more familiar with that one, but not the ones on ABC. Let's talk a little bit about the big battle that Mel has been itching to get to. On the best team ever, Team Iron Man, we have Iron Man, Vision, War Machine, Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Black Widow. On the worst team ever, so all three of you are wrong. It's Captain America, Winter Soldier, Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Falcon. What was your favorite moment of the epic battle, Mel? Um, 
a lot for, for me a lot of it was ant-man because you know he's the size of an ant so clearly he can get into spaces where you can't see and i kind of just like seeing him fucking with uh iron man's suit yeah that was awesome like oh that's gonna need to be repaired oh no i don't know what this is that was fantastic but just it's the scene as a whole i was just like this is dope i mean how many times have you sat around and gone you know what would be cool to see falcon go up against Scarlet Witch or you know what I mean and we kind of got to see all of that here and it was just like wow there's like what 12 of these guys 12 of our superheroes yeah there's 12 of them and they are in an epic battle like this is amazing I want to see everybody do something it was just it was full of action and I loved it I just I loved it I did Craig? Well, I'll tell you what. I own some of the, and I still do own a couple of them, the original Tales to Astonish comics <clears throat> with Ant-Man. And I would mm-hmm. wager I was one of maybe 12 people across the country that has seen this movie so far that knew that uh, that knew that this might happen, and it did. They telegraphed it a little bit, then all of a sudden there's Giant Man. Oh, my God. That was unconditionally my favorite moment because I picked it up. I knew nobody in the in the theater did. And there was like this giant gasp when all of a sudden there is something. I got something big that's going to happen. And then giant man shows up. Oh man. I absolutely, I almost had a, a uh, comic gasm at that moment. It was, (laughs) we do not need to know (sighs) what you do in dark theaters. (laughs) Oh my God. They take Corey. Okay. Corey, what were your favorite moments of the big battle? Well, okay, so being a Spider-Man fan, just seeing him interact was awesome. Just that was amazing. Um, but juggling that many characters in one fight scene, just those guys, I mean, it's almost like you can't put words to it. It was not only, I mean, it was obviously epic, but I mean, there's so many different things that you have to have going on at the same time. And to be able to say, okay, well, he's going to fly over here and kick so-and-so, but what would, you know, Scarlet Witch be doing? Well, I kind of thought in my head, like, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision, they have so much power to be able to just kind of stop some of these things. And then they did it, you know, when they would have two people fighting and then she would come over with her powers and fling somebody off of somebody else. So it's kind of awesome to have all these guys who are directing this and writing this fight scene and choreographing it be thinking the same thing that I was thinking in my head, you know, to do it. Because I kept thinking, man, there's too many powers going on here to to make this a legitimate fight. (laughs) But they did it. They pulled it off. And that's what was so crazy about it. It's just like you had – and then you got to see – people fight that you've been wanting to see. I mean, like, you know, Spider-Man had a few moments with Captain America, and then he got to, like, hang off of Falcon and and go kick Ant-Man in the face when he was big. I mean, there's just all these little moments that you've you've been wanting to see on screen for so long, and they just did all of it, and they were true to character with all of them, and that was amazing, you know, and and seeing seeing, uh, Ant-Man so excited to be a part of the fight. Like that was kind of funny. He was just like a kid, you know, just like, he didn't even know what Hawkeye's name was. He was just like, all right, arrow man, shoot me into the space. And it was just so funny (laughs) seeing seeing him interact with everyone, you know? And, and like Craig said, like 
I did not know that he could go big. So that was so cool yeah. to see him do that. And then <laughs> what what perfect timing to throw a line in there about Star Wars and it just be so true to the yep. character. Remember that really Parker's old movie? So old. Yeah. <laughs> and and then and then have it be know that it, these are both Disney movies, which is now, no. which is Well, and it's so genius, but it's also hilarious cuz it's like you have like Falcon, like who is this kid? <laughs> you know, and uh, it's it's just neat to see that. And we haven't even talked about it very much so far. But how awesome was Falcon in this? They did oh, yeah. some serious upgrades to the stuff that he could do in this. And so it was just I don't know. You could go on and on and on about that fight scene. There were so many things that were just so great about it. And there was they did a good job of like both humor, but also some tension. You know, because. Yeah. When when they slid through the thing crashing down and trying to get to the Quinjet, and then Black or uh, Scarlet Witch was who, who am I thinking? You see, there's so many of them I can't even <laughs> I can't keep it up. Captain American Winter Soldier. No, who was in the who was in the hangar that stopped them? It was Scarlett Johansson's character. I can't even think. Oh, of her Black right Widow. Now. Black yeah. Widow. When she was there, because I kind of thought, oh man, what's she gonna? You know, are they gonna have to beat the snot out of her to get to the jet? And then to have her switch on that and even hold off Black Panther, which it kind of looked like she had had a moment with him in the UN, you know. So it's like there's so many little things going on there. There were just allegiances well, being switched, and it was just great. The whole purpose of this battle was Captain America and Winter Soldier needed to get to Siberia because they need to prove that Bucky has been framed. And because there's the threat of five more Winter Soldiers being released. And they take and they get the jet. They take off. Tony and War Machine follow. War Machine gets shot out of the sky on accident and hits the ground. Because because Falcon dodged. Yeah. That was what was so cool. Falcon dodged, so it, did, it didn't hit Falcon. It hit the raw, the guy they weren't aiming for, which was, of course, War Machine. I love that. Honest to God, that added something really serious to this whole that whole series. So Tony takes and gets War Machine to a hospital. While he's at the hospital, um, he talks with Vision. And then he starts to find out details about the fact that Maybe he was wrong about the Winter Soldier. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so he takes off and for Siberia as well. And <laughs> he, he take and he his when his helicopter leaves the the underwater base, Black Panther apparently is had been knew where this base was because he followed in a jet. So we have Winter Soldier and Captain America in Siberia, where Five more Winter Soldiers are supposed to be unleashed. I had a shadow, by the way, of of the uh, the film, the uh, Star Wars film, where where uh, Boba Fett is following the Millennium Falcon. Did you guys get any sense of that? It felt like that kind of thing. Oh, you know what? I didn't think of that. But I yeah. didn't think of it, but that's a good point. So, Winter Soldier, Captain America, in Siberia, Tony arrives, says, "Hey, I might have been wrong," which is why. He's Tony is still better than Captain America because at least Tony admits it sometimes. Yeah. Um, Captain America and... is never wrong. <laughs> you're, That's just, the difference. you're just trying so hard, aren't you, Luke? <laughs> I'm trolling. I'm trolling all the team captain people. Uh, and, and so they, they are, they have this truce. They're going through the thing and they get into the room where the winter soldiers are expecting to be attacked by these five lethal individuals. 
and they find them with all with bullets in their head. Then they f are confronted by the villain who has set all of this in motion because he wants to destroy the Avengers because they were responsible for the death of his family in the last Avengers movie. And how does he do it? Rather than have these win uh, five people attack them, he shows them the video, which we've seen from the very beginning. At the very beginning of the uh, movie, we have Tony talking about his memories of his last day seeing his parents. And he shows them the mo uh, the villain shows the movie of what actually happened. And here it's the Winter Soldier killing Tony Stark's parents. <laughs> And then, if that isn't bad enough, we find out that Captain's known. And this is, for me, watching it, it was like it, the scenes where Tony has to deal this, with this were fantastic. Yeah. And the fight scene between Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Iron Man may be one of my favorite choreographed scenes since the original Jason Bourne film. I loved how that Captain and Winter Soldier just tag teamed Tony and they were, it was epic. It was, I, I loved it. Mel, what did you think of that battle? Oh, that was such a great battle. And like you were saying before, like the build up to it was so fantastic because when you see that video of the car crashing into the, the tree because of the, you know, Winter Soldier and you see it's Winter Soldier, that's when I was like, uh-oh. This is the point of no return. This We can't turn back. <laughs> We're not collecting go. It's about to get ugly in here. You know, and then, like you said, he found out that, you know, Cap knew the whole time, and boom, it's on. The battle is on. And when I saw Winter Soldier and Captain America fighting Iron Man like this, and they're switching back and forth with the shield, like they've done this a million times, I was like, man, see, that's what happens. You and your best friend, y'all jump into a fight together. It was like poetry in motion. They were killing it. It was so great, but you know, then you see Iron Man, he gets the upper hand again, because you know, I he uses a lot of his strength, like physical strength, but then a lot of it is mental strength for him too, you know? But the and, key is, in the middle of that battle, all of a sudden he realizes that he's having some 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 trouble with, with Captain America. So he asks his suit what he's supposed to do. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah. He was like, I don't know what to do. And the suit was like, look, you can't beat him straight up head on hand to hand combat. Yep, okay? He's yep. going to kick your butt. And he was like, look you know, see what his fighting pattern is, you know, tell me what to do. And I was like, that was smart. That was that really was. smart to say, Hey, what is his fighting pattern? Because there's a certain way that everybody likes to do things. And I was like, that was brilliant. And he got, it gets a little bit of the upper hand again. So it was, it was such a great battle. And it, it was the one that we've been waiting for to see Captain America versus Iron Man straight up. And what was so awesome about it? Is, is at one point Captain America says it's not his fault. It wasn't in Iron Man says it doesn't matter because, you know, uh, Bucky was under the influence of, of uh, yep. Hydra and uh, Iron Man says it doesn't matter. He killed my mom. Yeah. And boy, that that hit me that he killed my mom. Well, wow. That's that was the thing I thought, too, Craig, was that like seeing him snap was so good because you realize way back at the beginning of the movie when he had spent how many millions or billions of dollars to create 600 million, I think, or was mm -hmm. that the charity? Yep. Right. So like he had created this thing just to be able to kind of relive that moment 
in a way that made him, you know, kind of feel better about it. You could see that he had some really serious guilt towards, you know, his parents and how all that was handled back in the day. So this broke him when he finally saw that. <clears throat> and even though he knew that the Winter Soldier was brainwashed or whatever, it what he just couldn't do it. It was like it was too much. And I loved that, that he was just like in this all out rage mode. I don't care what it takes to kill him. I'm going to do it. And to see that desperation through that, like climbing up the tower and they're all fighting up through there. And then there at the end, you know, it's like Captain America just knows that he's not going to stop. And it's like, that's, I thought that was the, the, the best part of that scene was just how much emotion was in there, you know, and you totally understand both sides of that fight. Mm -hmm. You get it. And that's, that's what was so good. But you know, Luke, he did lose. Iron Man lost. Yes. Nope. Nope. nope, nope Iron nope, Man nope, lost. Nope. nope. Iron he Man did lose lost. the fight. <laughs> he lost the fight. Uh, I would point out that he did not lose because it's Captain who's on the run and not Iron Man. <laughs> no. He <laughs> lost. That's because Captain, yes. Captain is the Boy Scout. He was, he's, he did not, he could have killed iron man at that though i will say this i will say this the shield in the chest seed was pretty epic it, i yeah. love that it was it was good um so our villain in the meantime while these guys are beating the crap out of each other goes out and sits in the siberian winter with snow all around and black panther is there and instead of letting the guy kill himself out of his pain for losing his family the black panther keeps him alive and he ends up in jail and then we see that well i guess i should go back for a second prior to all of this prior to iron man going to following captain and bucky to siberia he goes to the base and in the prison he sees all of his former comrades not oh, yeah. to use a russian term but um in prison and imprisoned i mean there and basically are being treated terribly uh for what and he didn't expect it to be that way so jump back to the fight the fight ends tony stark is back at the avengers base or wherever it he is and it cuts to captain america breaking out his buddies and then it goes back to iron man or tony and he receives a letter from Captain America. And basically, it, it also included a phone. And the gist of it was, hey, I know this has been shitty. If you ever need my help, here, use this phone. Yeah, light up the clouds with your bat. bat yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you guys think of how that, that last moment was before we get to the um, after credits scene? That showed the, best, the better man was Captain America by far. So no, no matter what Iron Man did, no matter how far he went off the reservation, pardon me, Hillary Clinton. Uh, it was not Iron Man <laughs> who went off the reservation. <laughs> no. Captain America was Captain the one America who went off the reservation. America never changed his opinion. It was Iron Man who changed his, he changed his opinion and thought he ought, to, he ought to bow down to the government and give away the power. Captain America didn't change one bit. Never. It was Iron Man who gave, gave in to the the government. So and Captain they're still America on the run, kept, right? Like kept his yeah, they're honor. still on the yeah. run. They're on the run. Yeah. Yep. He kept his honor, but he also kept his friendship. And he said, look, no matter what you've done or what you said, or no matter you tried to kill my best friend and maybe me, he still said, I'll be there for you. Now, how big, how much more of a friend can you possibly be than that? And that gets my 
ultimate respect. Mel, what did you think? Um, yeah, I agree because like we were talking about before, Captain America could have absolutely killed Iron Man right there. He could have done it. And he was like, you know nope. what? Not going to do it. We all need each other in the end. And he really had been saying that the whole time. He was like, look, we disagree, but we really do all need each other. Like, we have to be as one on this whole Avengers thing. It's not going to work. So for him to go, and you knew he was going to get everybody back at some point. You see him. He's releasing all his friends. They're on the run. But for Captain America to send Iron Man that envelope, like, look, yeah. man, um, I know we had a little tiff. We got into it a little bit. But, <laughs> but see, I just I thought it was just a parallel from the pen moment. It's Tony tried once. Captain's trying this time. Yeah, you know. I don't think I don't think it necessarily proves that Captain is better because Tony did try. Well, you see, That's so, my opinion. Trying and doing so, are two different not things. After, so. Not after Captain America uh, tried to kill him. Corey, what are difference. your thoughts? <laughs> okay, so the second time I saw it, I I don't think I've ever gotten close to being choked up in a superhero movie before. <laughs> but the scene where um, Captain America is walking away from Tony, and he, Tony just kind of says, "You don't deserve that shield. My father made that shield," and he dropped it. Oh, you know, good. he could have been, yeah. he could have been, you know, a complete and total jerk right there, and just like walked off with it but he was giving tony that you know he knew he was broken brought down to the lowest possible of lows he could be he just realized the truth about his parents and it just shows the the true heartedness that captain america has because he just like you know what i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna let him have this one and he dropped the shield and i feel like that also that kind of attitude he had there and that scene carried over into the letter because he was like i know i hurt you but someday (laughs) When the time is right for it, you're going to need help. And I just want you to know that I'm there for you when you need it. And I just thought, man, like these guys were just, you know, just ready to tear each other apart. But yet, you know, now that the dust has settled, let's be men about this. And, you know, we've been through a lot together and we're in bad places right now. But someday you're going to pick up that phone and call me. And so and it's. It's just awesome. It's just great. It's just great storytelling is what it was. You, you know what it made me think of immediately when that happened? This, uh, is um, Steve Rogers when he's that skinny little guy before he gets the injection and he falls on the grenade. Mm-hmm. That, it oh, is yeah. that same exact character as, as, this, yep. as this guy. Let's talk about the cut scenes. The first one, or the after credit scenes, I should say. Or the mid-credit one, the first one, took us to the kingdom where the Black Panther resides. Yeah. Is it Wakanda? And Wakanda, right? Is that the name of it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wakanda. Yep. So we're there, and we see Bucky being put back in stasis. And you know what? As fantastic as this movie is, I had a what-the-fuck moment. <laughs> I was like, I just wasted two hours of my time to watch this person who has been framed and now he's going back into stasis because his head's still screwed up i was like i just wasted two hours and then i said to myself no i did not waste two hours this was a really good movie this mid-credit scene is being used to promote the next black panther movie and i get where they're going with this but i was like this whole movie has just been pointless because If they were going to try and save him, rather than have him be going back into stasis, 
why weren't they actually getting his head fixed? Um, so, Mel, what did you think of the mid credit scene? Well, I didn't feel like I wasted two hours of my life. No. Because I feel like it was a case of he didn't, he knew that he was still messed up, but he didn't realize how messed up he was until home dudes started saying all the right words. You know what I mean? But by that time, we were so far deep into things, we didn't have time to stop and go, hey, you know what? Maybe I should go back under a coma so I can't hurt anybody. We ain't have time for that. So for him to, after, you know, be like, uh, I feel like it might be safer for everybody if I just kind of bag back a little bit and go back to sleep because any, any and everybody, we could be in the middle of a battle kicking butt. And if they say these seven words, man, it's, it's going to be too much. So, I felt like I was like, okay, that's kind of you being responsible a little bit. I, I, I'm okay with that. Craig, what do you think? It's like of it? I always tell everybody, nobody ever dies in a comic book movie. <laughs> Peggy did. Peggy did. Oh, she'll be back somehow. She, she'll be on TV. <laughs> they'll resurrect her. They'll they'll put her in some kind of chamber and and she'll be back. I mean, come on. I rest, oh no, they're dead. They're dead. A Game of Thrones thing. He's dead. Oh no! You would think that this was a soap opera, Craig. You would think it's a soap opera. Yes, exactly. Some, uh, somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in in superhero movies, nobody is ever dead. I don't know how many comic books I read. You know, Doc Ock always came back. I expect Alfred Molina to play Doc Ock sometime in the future. That dude never died. Yeah, (sighs) yeah. I mean, come on. They can always bring him back. Uh, That's the cool thing about fantasy, science fiction, and and uh, and superhero. You can always bring somebody back. So, uh, yeah, for him to spend a, a couple of weeks in that chamber, and then and then Black Panther brings him back to help him with some desperate desperate need. Uh, you know, it, what two two weeks in a chamber? Oh well. I, I actually I like the heart the heartfelt nature of that. I like the fact that Bucky was a good guy, and and said, yeah, maybe it's safer. And like I said, two weeks later, they get they get Doc Ock, and Doc Ock is a good guy now which he was at some points in the comic book and, and invent some device to, to cure him. I mean, you never, it doesn't matter. These things always come back. If, if the crowd, all we have to do is all get on Facebook and Twitter and everything else and say, we want Bucky back. We want Bucky back. Guess what? He'll be back in the next movie. Uh, let's face it. It's, it's what we want that, that usually matters. So Corey, I thought the scene was just super simple. I mean, it was, it was, he's obviously a threat, so he can't, he can't stay out until they figure out how to fix him. And so I thought it was really smart for them to just say, well, until we figure out a way to fix your brain, we have to, you know. Did you feel like you wasted two hours, Corey? No, not at all. Well, it, like I, that was my knee-jerk reaction, but then it was, I, I had to think about it logically. It's like, no, Luke, you did not wasted um so but that was my knee-jerk reaction when i saw like okay he's literally going into stasis what was the point of his storyline but then i was like wait i mean this wasn't a waste okay so the the actual after the credit scene i didn't realize there was two so i left after the first one so i did not actually see the second one but from what i understand it's a spider-man one mel did you see it no because i didn't realize there was a second stinger Okay, Craig, did you see it? Yeah. What'd you think? Wait, I, I thought it was fun. I wasn't blown away by it or anything, but I thought it was fun. Okay. Corey? 
Yeah, it was just simple. I mean, it was it was funny because it was just Peter Parker yeah. basically trying to explain to his aunt how he got beat up, and it was funny hearing him because <laughs> he referenced he referenced a bully named Steve from Brooklyn. And oh, that's a, right. Yep. And he had a really big friend. <laughs> We're talking about Ant Man, so um, it was just kind of cool. And he had some tech from from Tony. It looked like like a watch that looked like a bat symbol, but it was a Spidey symbol. <laughs> so. That was actually so it'll the, be interesting to see what the com- they do with that. That spot, that symbol was actually in the comic book. Yeah, yeah. I saw so. some some clips of that from somewhere uh, on the internet, but but yeah, it was just it was just kind of a teaser because that's the next one, isn't it? Spider-Man: Homecoming, I think, is the next yeah. big one from oh, okay. them. Well, it's not the next big one, but they've announced it, and and Iron Man's going to be in it with. Right, it. right, right. So. so this brings us to our ratings going around the circle out of five, whether that's five Captain America shields, five stars, five Iron Man suits. What do you give it out of five, Mel? Um, three and a half. Ooh, lower than I expected. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Craig. Oh, I'm going to give it uh, uh, four, four and a half caps shields. Okay. Corey. Yeah, I'd probably say four and a half on that. I mean, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. There was a couple little things here and there that I thought were kind of slow, but it, everything else was just incredible. Well, I'm actually I'm giving it four and a half out of five as well, and those are Iron Man suits. Um, going around, going around, Bust, busted Iron Man suits with cap shield hanging out the front of no, it. Yeah, exactly. Not, not busted ones. Uh, though going around the circle, final thoughts on this film as we wrap it up, Mel. Oh, I thought it was great, especially compared to the last superhero movies I saw being Batman versus Superman. This was fantastic. Um, so and you only gave it three and a half. Well, yeah. I. I'm You're saying, a harsh critic. Not, Usually Craig I, is my harshest critic, I like but you it. are. I do. I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it, but it just, you know, I feel like there's more, there's a lot more of the story to be told. And that's why, okay. it, that's why it got a three and a half instead of like a four. I would, I wouldn't say four and a half. Okay. Three and a half, four. We'll say four. How about four? Okay. Is that better? All right. Craig, final thoughts. Oh, I thought it's, it's, it leaped into one of my top five. And I don't count The Dark Knight because The Dark Knight to me was not a comic book movie. It was a serious drama. And that one I gave a five to. And it's not my top five comic book because it's not a comic book movie to me. But I'm, it's up there with uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, or no, the original Spider-Man 2, and uh, X-Men 2, Captain America, Winter Soldier I thought was awesome. This one's awesome. And the the Avengers. Those those are probably going to be my top five. This has jumped right into it the mix so i i absolutely loved it Corey, i feel like marvel is just they're just on a roll right now i mean they're they remind me of just pixar in their heyday i mean they can't they're not missing with much of anything and they they clearly have a plan like they know what they're doing they know where they're going they they fully understand all of these characters that they're messing around with i mean at this point you you can't you can't go into a movie thinking I wonder if they're going to get so and so right because they are they just are you know and so seeing them pull this many characters together and tell a cohesive story that that you know after seeing Batman vs Superman fall flat on its face it's like they know what they're doing and you can just have confidence in it going forward that everything they're going to do is is going to hit so it was fantastic I loved it they understand comic books yeah period yes my final thought um. 
first of all, I agree with Craig. The this is in definitely in my top five um, movies now. Maybe three top three. I'd have to think about that very seriously, but it's definitely top five, and that's something for me because I am not a Captain America fan. And for me, this was basically the best Avengers movie we've seen thus far because the last one wasn't that great. Agreed. Um, my other thought on this is I really need a Black Widow and Sharon Carter duo movie, action movie, because I think that those two kicking ass would make an excellent film. When I put this on Twitter, someone on Twitter um, either replied or I saw it in my feed said that they would like to see Black Widow in a Jason Bourne type movie um, based on that opening, like in the opening sequence in the movie when she's chasing them through the market, they were like, that could totally be a Jason Bourne movie if they did that for Black Widow, which that would also be very, very intriguing. Those two together in Uh, the same movie would be kind of awesome. Jason Bourne and Black Widow. (laughs) They would, but I think those are in different companies because isn't Jason Bourne universal or am I off on that? Have you ever heard of the term? Stranger Things Have Happened. Crossover? uh, uh, Excuse me, Superman battling Hulk or or Thor? It's happened before. Okay. Uh, Mel, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to talk about daytime soaps, pop uh, culture like Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, Empire, or in this case, Captain America. Um, you can find me at twitter.com slash Melody Akles, M-E-L-O-D-I-E-A-I-K-E-L-S. Craig, I know you're a recent addition to Twitter. I think you, do you know it off the top of your head? If not, I might have it here it's for you. Z Movie Maniac. Okay, with a Z in front of Movie Maniac. And of course, I'm, uh, I'm, the, I'm also the Movie Maniac, and I work with MovieMadnessPodcast.com. Absolutely. They have a wonderful podcast. You should definitely check it out. Corey, I don't know if you're on Twitter or not, since this isn't something that you do as often as the rest of us. But if you do, you're welcome to promote it. <laughs> no, I'm off the grid, Luke. I, you okay. want to find me, find Luke. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, my, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Luke underscore Kerr. We thank you so much for listening to this special Captain America Civil War episode of the Pop Confidential Podcast. As always, Team Iron Man. Team Captain America. Team Cap. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>